0: Let's get sweaty.
1: Welcome back to the Shamu Dojo Show. I am James Brown, as always, and I'm joined by Mr. God of War himself, Matthew Oliver. How's it going, Matt?
2: (laughs) Good, man. Although the the introduction's wrong, because I haven't touched it. I've been playing Sonic (laughs) Frontiers.
1: Oh, that's taken over as it's Sonic Frontiers. I was going to ask you, actually, what's your thought on Sonic Frontiers? Um, Um, How far are we in, like, two days in?
2: i've played about four and a half hours of it um and to be honest i'm enamored i love the exploration the cyberspace stage is good fun yes there's a little bit of it a bit rough around the edges in some parts but i would go as far as to say it's certainly the best sonic game since generations and mm-hmm. i would argue probably the best 3d sonic game since uh adventure 2 Ooh. in my book I'm really impressed with it. I think it's a really good basis for the Sonic team to move on and hopefully, yeah, give us a really stellar title going forward. I'm really impressed. What did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I, well, I kind of agree with you there, Matt. I think it's it's probably is the best Sonic game for quite a while. I mean, I did enjoy games like you know Sonic Forces or whatever, but in hindsight, it's when you think of like what Sonic Forces was, it's a very stripped back version of. This game, in a sense, it's like Mm -hmm. the cyber stages of this game, but without the open world (laughs) aspects. So you've got these massive open world zones of Sonic Frontiers, and I'm just having a lot of fun exploring, going around, collecting as much stuff as I can. Taking my time to progress. I don't want to rush it. I'm I'm really enjoying it. There is a couple of things that I've noticed. Like I feel like the story's a little bit at the wayside at the moment, but that could just be because I'm not too far into it to appreciate it at the moment. I know from what I've seen, there's some massive big boss fights at some point, a a little bit later with like supersonic and stuff that looks insane. But I'm finding the story's a bit not really there at the moment, so...
2: Yeah, I'd second that. It's taken a little while to get going, but as you say, that could be because it's early doors.
1: Yeah, so... um, Because normally it's like very perhaps not cutscene heavy, but there's constant talking in previous Sonic games, like even Sonic Forces, you're constantly hearing off different characters through like your radio or whatever. And on this, it's like very quiet. Like um, these cutscenes I've had where characters not really spoken. To be mm. honest, like I've, I've pump, bumped into Amy and she doesn't start talking much. If I don't, I don't know if that makes much sense, but you know what yeah. I mean? She doesn't really say much.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And actually, I think a lot of what I've read about it and I have stayed spoiler or what yeah, stay away from these spoilers as best as I can. A lot of it is if you engage in the world, you engage in the outside stuff as well, you get a lot of the story and lore on top of what would be the main sort of hook, if you like. Yeah. Um so for example, I've started doing the big fishing and you okay. p- I'm picking up like Eggman um Uh, voice recordings for example which gives you a bit of background to what he's doing there as well i don't want to put any spoilers into it but it all adds up to the wider story
1: Mm. so like yeah go explore and stuff reveals itself yeah yeah i I think it's a really great game it probably is the best game since generations thinking about it and thinking back to all the, the sonic games we've had in between that do you think like this kind of a format would merit another game like another open world game
2: yeah, yeah, I do.
1: I think it works well. I'm just a bit, little bit worried like it could become, you know, like Assassin's Creed or they've got a bit copy and pasty and it's a bit, if you've got Sonic Frontiers 2 and it's another six zones or whatever, open world zones and the same sort of thing going on, do you think it could get old quick or not?
2: It could if they basically, you, know, you say cut and paste it. I think if they vary the activities up, From I mean, I'm I'm on the first island as well, so I don't know what's to come, but if they vary the activities up in a second game, tighten it up um, from a visual perspective as well. And Mm -hmm. I think they could really be onto something. As I say, it's it's a good Sonic game. I know there's some people out there who aren't massive fans, but I think considering where it was when that IGN preview came out and we all thought, ooh, ooh. And actually, I don't quite know what the rationale for that trailer was. I wonder if
1: the, the, it's like the, the Sonic movie aspect where they show a really bad first trailer <laughs> and, and then they can only get you know more people on board because of, you know, we've changed this, it's got better, it looks better, I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, from where, it, where we saw that first gameplay to where we are now, it's a totally different game. Um, I'll never understand the thinking behind it and why they did mm. it because it got absolutely panned but actually at the end of it, you've got a really good solid game there and hopefully they can build on it. I'm, I, like I am really pleased with it. Best Sonic game in a long time.
1: Yeah, definitely. It plays very, very fluid, I find, as well on the PS5 and the 60 FPS mode. It's just yes. silky smooth and yeah, it just looks and plays right. really, really well. Yeah, interesting. If um, anyone out there listening has got any thoughts on the new Sonic Frontiers game, let us know. Interested? Obviously, we are a shemi podcast at the end of the day, but... <laughs> We do dip into these other Sega properties, don't we, Matt?
2: We do. I mean, we're both big Sonic fans, aren't we? So As well, yeah.
1: That counts. Right, so we're going to quickly breeze through the news because we've got a big show ahead of us. I'm going to start with the 110 interview Sergi did on... I forget the name of the channel, but he was with a, a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Basically, it's an interview mostly talking about the Wanted Dead series, What he did briefly mentioned Shemu, which was nice to see basically asked him outright or oh, 110 involved with Shemmuth 4 and Matt what was his response
2: he sort of gulped, <laughs> smirked and then said no comment now make of that what you will because if you weren't involved with it why not just say I guess mm-hmm. but yep. it his, like a body language expert. I think you said this to me a while ago, just to analyze what what's going on there. Because his reaction wasn't a straight no comment; it was like a, oh, I've got to think about this. No comment. And yeah,
1: almost a little bit fearful as well. Like, yeah. what do I do? What do I say? Yeah, maybe I'd say nothing.
2: <laughs> it did. Wiseman got on the phone after the last sort of rumor and be like, "Oi,
1: be quiet, yeah. you!" <laughs> but that is that is a thing, man. It's like if you've if the why would the not just say no we're not involved, you know, I don't know where you've heard that from or where these rumours have come from. If you're not involved with something because it's it's like me going to anyone, you know, someone in the pub or something and asking them they're not just going to turn around and say no comment, are they? It's you know obviously if they're not, (laughs) they're gonna tell you no. I know.
2: And with the greatest respect in the world to the Shenmue community, we are not you know, we're not a massive, massive fan base, are we? So I really don't think them Sort of bullshitting us and then mm. dragging us along for the ride to make sales of wanted dead improve no is, i don't is think a that's factor. The case. i do think there was some obviously good free publicity initially when shenmue fans jumped upon it so i can get that get it from that point of view but now if it, the jig was up surely just say it because it's 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 really not going to matter at this point i wouldn't have thought
1: yeah the only thing i can think of is if they're just keeping their options open possibly the ad plans something happened and it's not happening now i don't know but they don't want to say it hasn't happened or, or completely write it off yet. I don't know. Or maybe something is going on in the background. You know, that's the other alternative that we hope that that's the case, right? That maybe they were waiting to see how the anime did. Maybe they're looking to see how Air Twister does. I know we said that before, like maybe they were prepping for something and then didn't realize that Yu is about to release a new game. <laughs> so they held back a bit to not overshadow that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think you said, Matt, like the end of year... Yusuke quote thing where he 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 tends to give his New Year's resolu- resolutions to a few of these Japanese gaming companies and um, normally gives a few hints of what his uh, year ahead of him is going to look like. So I think we'll be whatever keywords he comes up with this year, we'll be uh, looking through a, a fine tooth comb. At.
2: Definitely, I'd be very interested to see what he has to say this year, given the Air Twist has come out and they're working quite hard on that anyway with with updates etc. So we'll just watch this space. I'm going to I'm watching with interest.
1: Mm-hmm. and talking about air twister actually i'll say this now there's been i think there was an update actually since i did mention it last month and then there's been another one since that so again this is another good point to make kind of matt you, you said it before they must be generating an income from air twister at some point um for them to want to keep uh, updating it keep working on the game you know if if it's out there why continue to update it if they're not earning anything from it anymore i i, I don't know
2: I don't know. I mean, they could have a contractual agreement, I guess, that they must pr- produce X amount of updates and they've been paid mm-hmm. up front for it. Um, or well, like
1: a timed exclusive, perhaps, and they've, they've they've been promised to make sure that it's still fresh. And
2: Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, Any number of reasons, but they're clearly working on it, clearly making improvements to it. That is not going to take a whole team of developers to be doing those incremental updates. So it begs the question what the other lot in Wisenet are doing.
1: Yeah, but they must have some good faith behind you, Suzuki and this game because it, they've been using it for like the Apple events and mm, Apple yeah, adverts yeah. and stuff, haven't they? They've been showing Airtwister, yeah. I think someone mentioned that the other day, it was on a an advert advertising the brand new phone on TV or something, it was like Airtwister playing, or um, on YouTube or something like an so, ad.
2: Yeah, so I mean, they're obviously happy with the game, well, I don't know how it's performed, but I think... It's done pretty well. It's been reviewed re- relatively well. We, you know, Shenmue fans will support anything with the Yuzuki's made. And actually, I quite liked it. You quite liked it. It's a throwback it, yeah. to the old era arcade games. I think it's done quite well for itself, and it's a good, solid title. So, and it's, if mm-hmm. it's keep giving WiseNet an income, more power to it.
1: Yeah, get it downloaded, guys. And finally, I mentioned Titch is back. She's uh, streamed for us today, actually, of time of recording, and um, I assume. Every other week now, yeah, you know, all being well. So you can catch her shemo three streams over on our Shemu Dojo channel, and obviously on her channel she does other things every other week in between those streams. And she's also got some brand new Titch Life Shemu themed stickers that you can find on her website. She also got prints on there and stuff. So if um, you did pick up Shemu World Issue Two and you like some of those sticker sheets that came with that particular issue, she's got some more on there. So yeah, go uh, check those out, guys and that's i guess that's the end of the news i've got nothing else there matt so um i think we'll get stuck into the main discussion eh? do it all right so because we're going to be talking about yakuza today uh yeah not shemu or <laughs> well, not solely shemu we're going to be looking at um how things on the yakuza side have gone and in spite of that we're going to play a little bit of yakuza music now so this is friday night from yakuza zero back that was friday night from yakuza zero one of my favorites actually i like the uh, the 80s style of that song nice dance sort of jam so for this particular episode we're going to be taking a look at how the yakuza series have fared in comparison to Shenmue. if you've listened to the last couple of episodes of the show and um, this is basically going to be the last of a three-part series i didn't actually intend it to be a three-part series i think we were just going for like some cool little topics Matt but it's actually kind of worked out quite nicely as a, a trilogy of episodes obviously the first episode we looked at the reception to all three of the shemu games at release and how positive and excited everyone was rating the games I think like an average of nine eight and seven respectively between each of the three shemu games so really good reception and then for the second part we looked at all of the hate that shemu gets over the years whether it was justified or uncalled for, mostly uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. And um, we touched on a little bit of the comparisons that people make to Yakuza. So for this actual final part of the three, we want to do just that and compare you know, things like sales figures, um, You know, if Shemu could now take a bit of a leaf out of Yakuza's book in the future, for example. Sounds good. Yep, yeah, sounds good. So we're going to start with, Matt, if you want to take us through the Shemu and Yakuza history, the timeline of events, as it were.
2: Okay, I'm going to keep this as brief as I can, especially the Shenmue history. I won't go into it in massive detail. We all know it. It started out on the Saturn, moved over to the Dreamcast, Project Berkeley, and we then fast-forward to Shenmue's release, which was December 29th, 1999, in Japan, then came over to the West in in 2000 in North America in November, and then December the 1st in, in Europe. Um, critical acclaim for Shenmue 1 was pretty good. I mean, it averaged sort of a nine-ish roughly across a lot of the media outlets and you know, sold quite well for itself. Shenmue 2 obviously was played a little bit by the Dreamcast going under. It released in Japan on September 6th, 2001. Then November 23rd, 2001 in Europe, but was famously canned um, and sold to Xbox. For North America, so they only got it on the Xbox in October 28, 2002, with the Europeans getting it on Xbox on the 21st of March 2003. Then we went into massive hiatus. Obviously, you had the Shenmue Online stuff in between that and Shenmue City, but we didn't get an official Shenmue release, mainline release, until August 21st, 2018, in Europe and North America with Shenmue One and Two HD. So that's a long, long time.
1: Yeah, and then 17-year hiatus.
2: Yep. And then, Crazy. obviously, we got Shenmue 1 and 2 HD in Japan on November twenty-second, two 2018. And then the worldwide release of Shenmue 3 on 19th of November, 2019. Mm-hmm. So big gap and everything all the way in between it. So in between Shenmue 2, Shenmue 3, and Shenmue HD, the Akuza series was born. It's now called Like a Dragon. They've changed the name. I can't remember why. I'm sure someone mentioned it in a media article somewhere. It's
1: because ah, it's well really the amazing. original the original name is that ryugagotoku or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like a dragon. So it's always been ah, called like a dragon. Okay. I believe in Japan, it was never called Yakuza. Like that doesn't translate to Yakuza. It's always been like a dragon. And for some reason, I guess Yakuza was a bit more of a uh, a Western name for the game? I don't know.
2: Possibly. I mean, there you go. I, I completely forgot why that was. So there we are. I think that's
1: right. Anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what that means.
2: So to cut a long story short, it's, uh comes to the mind of Toshiro Nagoshi, who actually worked on the Shenmue series with Yuzuki. Suzuki. So you can already see where some of the inspiration for the way Yakuza is, comes from. They... Actually, apparently struggled to get the green light on the project, but it got released in 2005 on PlayStation 2 with its with its debut in Japan, and then released in the West um, on PlayStation 2 in 2006.
1: Just briefly, Matt, do you know if that was ever being worked on for the Dreamcast, or was this literally made for the PS2 at the time?
2: My understanding is that it was made for the PS2. There was never, as far as I can tell, any inclination of this being on Dreamcast. No, Okay. So then we had sort of incremental releases across the years. Yakuza 2 came out in in the West in 2008, was out in in 2006 in, in Japan. We obviously had Yakuza 3, 2010 in the West, Yakuza 4, 2011 in the West. A big gap, actually, between Yakuza 4 and 5, because actually for a long, long time, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit more, is that actually Yakuza didn't break the West for a long time. Um, it was very much a Japanese centric title, and the sales reflected as much, which we'll talk about later.
1: Mm, so this was like that sort of time period where actually Japan were getting games well before,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, the
1: Western counterparts. So, so just what was the the numbers again there? So just to emphasise the point, so Yakuza one to two in Japan. How how long did it take them to make the sequel?
2: So a year.
1: A year. So, yeah. again, this is a this is point for the future that we're going to be talking about, but how they can actually do each of these games in a year, obviously there's a lot of like reusing assets and stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at the gap between 2 and 3, because obviously you had the PlayStation 2, then it went to PlayStation 3, so there was a, there was a longer gap with new, new hardware to, to right. work with. But then right. 3, 4, and 5 all released within three years of each other crazy in japan at least anyway so it's
1: like knocking them out like bloody assassin creed games weren't they if you know what i mean
2: yeah so it's 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 funny that they they were doing it that way and i can see why because they were reusing assets etc but it struggled to break the west and i and i take this from the playstation blog actually that it actually had a cult following but didn't achieve Western success until 2017 when Yakuza 0 came out, which we you know, widely respected as the, the title that broke it over in yeah. the West. I, not, certainly in the mainstream audiences. I mean, my history with it, which I won't talk about too much now, is I played the first game in 2006 on PlayStation 2 because I thought and was told, if you like Shenmue, you'll like this. Um, so
1: you played it on like virtually the release date?
2: Not release date, but... Yeah very soon afterward. yeah certainly within six months of it coming out i i got myself a copy of it um and it was it was a niche title i mean go back to five it had to be campaigned for you remember the building the list that Shenmue was always at the top yakuza was number two to it and yakuza five being released in the west was number was in that list and that's the yeah. reason it came over
1: <laughs> which is mental now when you think of like the success of the yakuza series now it's for that to have been a thing that you know people were pining for that game just as much as Shemu fans were pining for the third game, considering how big of a milestone Shemu three was, in terms of game that made Yakuza being second that's hilarious in in a it, sense. Now, it is nowadays. now, isn't it
2: when, when we think about where, where the series is and where Shamu is and where Yakuza is, yeah. but it, as I say, it it's now uh, one of Sega's most successful IPs and it's done really well for itself.
1: I know they'd already released five titles at this point, but that is the thing though, isn't it? It's like just one title can make and break a series really, can't it? It can be like a series that they're struggling to understand how to market in the West, understanding uh, you know whether or not it's actually worth bringing over that it needs to make that PlayStation list, and then suddenly something happens... Um, which we'll talk about when we get to that a bit as well, Matt. But the Yakuza Zero, you know, resurgence of this this franchise and that game made or break it, the success they've had from that since, no one really batters an eyelid these days. If you say, oh, I'm, I'm picking up the Yakuza 6 or something, do you know what I mean? It's like back in these days, it was like, you of of sex? What are you going about? Why are you buying that shit? Or, you know, why are you buying <laughs> that weird Japanese game? Like these days, if you, you're picking that up, it's, like, oh, cool, mate. Yeah, that's, that's a sick game, innit? not it? <laughs> that's, that's the way that people's mentalities have changed just over a, a few years period.
2: Yeah, very much so. And I, I don't know whether this was deliberate or not, but they obviously did Koami and Koami 2 and Zero mm-hmm. all within, again, a two-year period of each other. With Koami was 2016, according to the schedule I've got in front of me. Zero was 2017, and then Kiwami 2 was 2018.
1: That's striking while the iron's hot. Sort of yeah, thing, so
2: it? you've got also a real introduction to these games early on. And then in 2019, they had the remastered collection with 3, 4, and 5. So all of a sudden, you've got a bucket load of these games that you can play, all released within a two- to three-year window of each other. And you can pick them all up from zero and go forward and people aren't getting left behind if if that makes sense. So I think whether this was deliberate planning or not, I don't know.
1: It was a very good, well thought out plan, if it was, because you know, the success from that, and I know they did a lot of like giving them away for free as well on PS Plus. You can pretty much get all games free, can't you? At the moment on Game Pass or whatever, or PS Plus, or they have been at one point. So that just introduces them to all these brand new people, you know, bigger audience. I mean, it seems like Sega have really, really marketed this in the past few years that it's a shame for us that this has happened to the Accuser series, not the Shamu series, of course, but... It just shows that something can happen to a niche series.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we're going to talk sort of talk more into sales and things at the moment, but that, that's a very valid point that actually things can happen to a niche series and it just takes one title to, to break it. And what we're trying to do with this episode is be ba- as balanced as we can between the two because we're both me and James, we love the Yakuza games. We are big fans of the Yakuza games. And they are excellent games. And we're not going to try and go, well, Yakuza's this. It's not as good as Shenmue. We're trying to balance this out as best we can with with the facts that we've got.
1: Yeah, so I was going to ask you, Matt, what, what is your actual history with the Yakuza series then?
2: So long story short, I got the original on PlayStation 2, probably around six months after after it came out over in the UK. Really enjoyed it. Um, did have... A, I remember playing it and thinking... It was a little bit restrictive compared to playing Shenmue, but once I got into the story, I thought, yeah, I really like this. I quite enjoyed it. Um, they spent a lot of money on the voice acting for that. Some very famous voice actors. I think Mark Hamill's in it as
1: Goro. Yeah, there is. There's um in that when they westernized it, they did go after some really big. I forgot his name. One of like the mobster guys as well, like from a you know these mob films. What's his name?
2: I can't remember. But uh, there's, there's some big famous actors in 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 this in this series. I got um, Yakuza two um, in uh, pretty much on release day in the UK, and I was hooked. Actually, two hooked me on that series. It really did. So then I had three pre order. Got it day one. Yakuza four, got it day one pre order. I didn't play Dead Souls. It didn't particularly interest me. It just wasn't wasn't for me. I didn't play Ishin or any of those uh, feudal feudal Japan type period titles. Although I am getting. Like a Dragon ishin next year. Um, That'll be on release day as well. Um, And I, I remember when they announced that Yakuza 5 wasn't coming west, and I was pissed about it. I was pissed about it because I really enjoyed the series up to that point. So when they did release it digitally, I got it, 2015. And every title since has been day release, I've had it. That's been mainline. So we're talking Yakuza 0, day and day release, got it kuami got both of those yakuza 6 day and day remaster collection got that uh judgment and lost judgment again all on day and day i yeah i i'm i really enjoyed the series and i really really do um it's very different to shenmue for me but just sort of for anybody who's sitting there thinking oh then you know they're not you know, don't like yakuza pretty much every mainline release i own and have played and really enjoyed
1: right uh marlon brando ah that's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that yeah, right. that's a big name I'm pretty, to be pretty sure it was anyway i just i feel like i remember seeing him as one of the the the, the, the main cast and i think like you say like mark Hamill was a part of that so like some really big named actors they must have thrown quite a lot of money at the time and mm. I'd, I'd assume that failed in a sense because i'm pretty sure it wasn't as popular in the west as it merited those voice actors, if you know what I mean.
2: No, and I, I do believe it was a deliberate thing to westernize it with western actors, and it didn't yeah. really do anything for.
1: There was a lot it. more swearing in it, I remember as well. Like, yeah, people a lot. Up on that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So for me, I didn't definitely didn't play it in two thousand six. I can't remember when I first played it, but I, it must have been after. It's only for like recent years, in a sense. When when did The Last of Us come out? Was that or maybe that was like twenty. 13, was it somewhere?
2: something like that? I can't remember actually. It might have been slightly earlier than that because I got Last of Us on PS4, the sort of the, the souped up one. Not I obviously, haven't, I haven't got the latest one for PS5, okay. but yeah. Let me
1: have a look actually because that would tell me. So, The Last of Us PS3 release date was yeah, 2013. Okay, PDL. So, with the kind of the fanfare that game was getting at that time, I, I picked up a PS3. And that was literally the first time I'd picked up a PlayStation console because, <laughs> you know, I was such a Sega fanboy and I, I didn't want to get into, like, a, a Sony console. But that game, for some reason, everyone was going on it. I thought, you know, well, there's a bundle here, like a PS3. Uh, I think it was £199 or something at the time because it was, like, late in the lifespan. And then I decided to go back and get a PS2. <laughs> and then because I got a PS2, I was looking at all, like, the Sega games that I'd missed out, like, obviously, Yakuza yakuza 2 there was a a shinobi game on there well there was a sort of berserk game as well like a sequel Mm. that was released in japan so i was picking up a few of these titles i gave the first yakuza game a go i wasn't really getting into it I, i felt like like you said like the comparisons to Shenmue, and then actually playing this yakuza game that came after Shenmue, and the graphics took a massive dip in my in my view you know and it was like almost top down it was like a weird angle camera angle um fixed camera kind of thing it was like it was really, I was struggling just running around, to be honest, and knowing where to go. So it, I didn't get on with the very first Yakuza game on the PS2. But then I believe Yakuza 5 was digital only when it was first released. And it was on PS Plus. So obviously I got my PS3 as well at that time. So I downloaded that, gave that a go, and I really loved it. Like That was probably my first real introduction to proper yakuza at that point playing like the taxi missions kind of reminded me of like you know like yeah. old school sega like a mix between crazy taxi and tokyo buzz drive or something do you know what i mean because obviously you got to actually drive these taxis according to the rules of the, road, <laughs> of the road like traffic lights and stuff so yeah uh really enjoyed that and then i think it was yakuza zero that came out next well even though i really enjoyed yakuza 5 i think yakuza zero was the title where I actually really enjoyed the series at that point and I wanted to go back and play through the, the original game. So it was good that they did a Kiwami. I think Kiwami came first and then Yakuza 6, I believe, but I, I left 6. I skipped 2 actually because I couldn't face the PS2 and I played 3 on the PS3, 4 on the PS3, went back and did 5 on the PS3 and then I got into Yakuza 6 and I haven't played 7 yet and I haven't played... Judgment or Lost Judgment. I don't know if you mentioned them, Matt. Only briefly. The judgment titles. Only
2: brief and they're good titles as well, aren't they? They're spin-offs yeah. essentially, and it's a completely different story, but set in the same worlds, if you like.
1: Mm-hmm. So, out of all those games, I mean, I, you, I think it sounded like you played every single one, Matt. But for me, I played pretty much all of them apart from Kiwami Two and Seven. So that's not bad going, I think. No, not, not think at all. I think it could justify his talking about the series anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. And as I say, I'm I'm a fan of the series. I'm not a hardcore fan. like I come into Shenmue by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But uh, the series is one that I will, if there's a release for it, day and date, it really yep. is for me, um, without without question. Even, even Yakuza 7, which has got, a turn based a turn based fighting system and i am not a fan of those i I'm not a despise turn based but the story's so good i didn't care so there we are
1: mm. right so that's where we are with obviously you know our shemu history but they, that's where we are with our yakuza history so let's go into these sale figures then matt So we can start really comparing where things (laughs) went wrong for Shenmue and where things went right. I suppose for Yakuza.
2: Yeah. First and foremost, before I actually go into these numbers, I've got some thank yous to to make. First and foremost, Uh, the biggest one is to the Yakuza community group, Yakuza fan, um, Yak fan on Twitter. If you want to give them a follow, I reached out to them as as the experts in this field, shall we say? Because I know bugger all about Yakuza outside of playing the games. So I reached out to them, and they were very, very kind and did a bunch of research around sales and numbers for me. So this is their their work around Yakuza sales, etc. I will caveat a few things that I'm about to talk about when I come to them with inaccuracies and other bits and pieces, and it, some of it is best guesswork, but hopefully mm-hmm. it gives a flavor of where we are Going with it essentially, if that if that makes sense to everybody. Um yep. so Shenmu sales. We know hands down that Shenmu one did sales of around 1.18 to 1.2 million sales with a breakdown of mostly in Japan, although they said about point three eight million in Japan, uh over half a million in North America.
1: So that was the the best location, wasn't yep, it? Yeah,
2: it was the best location. Yep. Uh, just under a quarter of a million in Europe. And it was the ninety-fifth highest selling game for two thousand in the UK, but it was only out for four weeks. So it's not bad oh. going to break the top hundred in in um in that time. Yeah, because it came
1: out, was it late or mid November, something like that?
2: It was I think early what was the date I said I going back up to my actually should know this. First of December.
1: First of December, okay. So, so, had, so that's where you've got your four weeks from. Yeah. Okay. Crazy then, yeah. So it broke the top hundred. So you think how many games were released in the UK? Yeah,
2: it broke the top hundred. The year 100. of two
1: thousand. Um obviously you're talking that, that would include would that include PS two? No, it wouldn't, would it?
2: No, it wouldn't wouldn't have been there. Or it would wow. Well, PS two was out, wasn't it? At that Was point? it out? It was out, okay. but it was very early in its life cycle.
1: Yeah. So mainly what you're thinking then, would that be Nintendo 64 and PS1, then yeah, it would be mo- up most
2: mostly yeah. So I think it's, but it's done quite okay. well at the end of the day to break the top hundred. That's not the height of Shenmue sales, if you like, because everywhere else it's very much a drop off, which I'll talk about a little bit in a moment. And if you compare that to the first Yakuza game, which shipped in 2005 over in Japan and 2006 in the West, Shenmue outsold outsold it. And The breakdown I've got here again, this is as accurate numbers as we can get at this point.
1: This is for Yakuza 1, right? The
2: Yakuza 1, the original yep. release on PS2. Uh, it sold just under uh, three quarters of a million in Japan, and um, three
1: quarters of a million in, in Japan, Japan. yeah. Yep. And then
2: everywhere else, it sold just under 60,000 copies, Ooh. apparently. Um, a caveat to the numbers because obviously, this, this is. As best as we can have, so it did around eight hundred thousand yeah. total. So there's everywhere a, else. Yeah, like in total. Yeah, so eight hundred thousand total across the oh, whole world. To,
1: oh shit! Yeah, I see what with, you're saying. Yeah,
2: with with the majority of that in Japan. So
1: so actually, America was three hundred k according to this.
2: America was not was thirty thousand. Thirty thousand
1: copies in America.
2: Yep. To, in 20, Europe was twenty thousand. Twenty thousand in Europe and about 10,000 everywhere else. It was very much Japan-centric, the sales. And is it. that...
1: So that that's when the... Christ, so, so that point we made about the, the voice actors getting people like Mark Hamill and Marlon Brando, and they only sold 60,000.
2: Yeah, it did bugger all, basically. <laughs> it did bugger all.
1: So why was that not dead in the... Well, I suppose, obviously, it was a success at some, in, in Japan. I suppose that's, that's kind of what we were saying, how I mean, it was like it was... It had a cult following. Yeah, sixty thousand players <laughs> potentially at that point.
2: I mean, this—if you ever look on eBay and you look at the original titles on eBay, they do go for excessive That's money. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, because
1: I suppose they didn't make as many of the. No, Yakuza two. Actually, whether the PAL release or the American one, that is the most expensive one. isn't it? because it was at the time. I think you can not rebuy them now. Yeah, yeah, but they. I think they, they did really release some. So.
2: That's sort of your first first titles sort of neck, you know, in terms of sales. And Shenmue outsold it quite comfortably, actually. Budgets come into it, but I will talk about budgets separately as a, as a point. Yeah, Shenmue. Then we go back to Shenmue. Um, Shenmue Two on the Dreamcast. By this point, the Dreamcast has been announced that it's being canned. It sold the, and these are solid numbers from Japan. It sold one hundred fifty thousand copies in in Japan, right? That is the only solid number we have out there ever. Um, there's some fluctuation out there by about ten thousand copies, but for argument's sake and for ease of number, it's about one hundred fifty thousand.
1: Right. This. Sorry, guys, for like interrupting Matt all the time. I'm just going to have to like try and get these numbers in my head, and maybe it'll help you guys at the same time to like process this this information. So that is a, quite a big drop off. That's less than half of the sales of Shemu One in Japan. Yeah. So, why do you think that is the case? Much? Do you think uh, people moved on, or did the first game enough to pick up the sequel?
2: I think the Dreamcast being dead didn't help. I also think there was a natural drop off because Shenmue, in some of its critical areas, you know, was slow, was considered a bit tedious in parts. So you were going to get some drop off from from that side of things. So you combine the two together. And I think it can probably justify the drop-off. Then, I mean, there's no solid numbers anywhere else. North America obviously was never released. Europe, despite trying, and I, I tried a lot to get these numbers, there's no official numbers out there. But what I will say with it is um, in the UK, it did, I think, break the top 10 briefly in the UK. But was that fueled by a lot of those titles going abroad to to North America where Shenmue 2 on Dreamcast was the most imported title of 2001 Mm -hmm. and also one of the most imported titles in history. And Electronics Boutique in America had an arrangement to to import the game over with the Codebreaker disc or whatever it was.
1: Which can only like not damage the sales of Shenmue 2 on the Xbox in a sense, but like obviously, if they were going to then judge the success of how the the chemo series was going to fare on the Xbox, a lot of people who wanted it had already picked it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and actually, it feeds into the sort of the Xbox figures here. There, there's no data for Japan. Fine, because they didn't
1: really get into no, Xbox to never be interested
2: all. in it. And then in North America, it sold uh, around two hundred twenty thousand copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, again maybe some fluctuations here
1: i'd like to know how that compares to other xbox titles i would i don't did we look into that so like halo you'd expect to have been the most sold game on the xbox i mean that's probably an unfair comparison because that's going to be lifetime sales which Mm. obviously shemu 2 is going to be mostly bought on release whereas halo could be picked up for however long the xbox was out for because it was like as people were buying xboxes that was the game to get for it it regardless so it'd be nice to compare it to like a game that was like did okay on the xbox pop maybe like a jet set radio that might be interesting like a a very very
2: interesting comparison to to that actually and it's i wish i'd have thought of it because that would have been an awesome Mm -hmm. comparison to make
1: solely just to see like what the drop off from yeah, people importing yeah, yeah. the game would be, if you know what
2: I mean. Well, you'll get you'll get this now, assuming okay. that I made an assumption here for the numbers that around 150,000 copies were sold in the European Union, right, of Shenmue Two on Dreamcast. Okay, I must stress, it is, it is an assumption. You'd think more than that,
1: in my opinion, if you've got the North American sales for the Xbox version at 220
2: you would yeah i mean you possibly i don't know uh, this, this is what this is some some of this is guesswork in terms mm. of the shenmue 2 dreamcast numbers and it's it's frustrating there's nothing accurate out there yeah but for xbox shenmue 2 sold eighty thousand copies in europe so if you ever want to see where there's a drop-off because quite frankly xbox version everybody went to play shenmue had a dreamcast and bought it so there was always going to be a drop-off on Xbox. It was only probably the hardcore fans in Europe who wanted the English or bought an Xbox and bought it over. Um
1: And Xbox it. was more popular in America, right? Yeah, think, it was,
2: it... yeah, it was massive in America. It's, it, it still is even now. In so fact. maybe
1: that figure could be right then, that 220,000 so, Xbox yeah. sales. And that, that, that would then be on top of the imported amounts Or would the imported stats be on the the European sales?
2: I would suggest the imported stats are on the European sales because they'd have had to buy them over, essentially. So Shenmue 2 on Xbox sold sold around 300,000 copies. I'm being generous in saying that I reckon Shenmue 2 on Dreamcast sold around the same. So you've got total sales for Shenmue 2 across two platforms around 600,000, give or take. Some of it's, like I say, some of it is guesswork, and I must, must stress that.
1: When it comes to titles like this, where Shenmue 2's had two releases, on, one on the Dreamcast, one on the Xbox, does Sega as a company, if they are looking at sales figures, take both of them combined into account? Or are they thinking like the Dreamcast and Xbox is like two separate games I don't in a know. sense
2: i don't know and actually i'd love to have um i want peter moore on the show because i'd ask him that very question honestly
1: yeah. because it'd be would... interesting to know if like six hundred thousand sounds quite good in hindsight to like other things like the accuser where he said the, the first one was like 30k or whatever which is like nothing Six hundred thousand sounds a lot done it combined but if they are looking at the how well it needs to perform on the xbox to then continue the series and it, it obviously failed
2: and I expect it, it had certain metrics on Xbox that weren't met. That said, though, as a side point, it was announced as being made on the Sega Europe website. And Nathan Gargas, 24 Nathan, has given me the screenshot of that from back in the day. So Sega Europe confirmed that Shenmue 3 was coming back then. So God knows what happened there. Anyway, I'll, I'll that leave that. that would be for Xbox. I, I, presumably, yeah. So we go and sort of compare this to Yakuza 2. So in Japan, um, it had sales of around um, 840,000 in Japan. So it it had an increase. Uh, North America, around 50,000 copies. Europe, 40,000 copies. Other territories, 160,000 totaling 1.09 million copies sold. So it actually sold more than the first game.
1: Okay. And actually more to Europe and North America as well.
2: Yeah, a slight, okay. slight increases on that. But again still not much though, actually. No, and it's very much Japan-centric at this point. Again, it's very, very centralized in Japan. So you can sort of understand and see where later on they almost didn't bother with the West with it, I guess, because of the sales that were coming out. Then obviously we we sort of go well into lots of Yakuza games and not very much Shenmue at this point, but I'll give a little bit of comparison for Shenmue 1 and 2 HD and Shenmue 3 is what we, what figures we know are out there because it will bring me on to my next point around these sales at least. So Shenmue 1 and 2, now these are taken from VG charts. There's always inaccuracies with VG charts, and they only had figures going up to um, 340,000 sold worldwide for PlayStation 4 and Xbox, and that was... They what they're calling lifetime sales, but their their whole figures just stop recording at that point. And I would argue that there's more out there on both of those platforms, and including PC now. And we know Sega are happy with it. If you include Steam Spy, Steam DB, again in, inaccurate because the tracking's not great. You're looking at around sixty thousand ish copies potentially on PC to one hundred thousand copies on PC, roughly. It, I can okay. say the tracking's inaccurate, it could be higher, it could be lower.
1: Well, you think like on Steam, there's been some really, really cheap sales. You mm. would assume that people would pick them up and you, perhaps you not even so. touch them. You know, like how you buy games and don't play them. Yeah,
2: yeah, to yeah. Steam.
1: I'm pretty sure a lot of people have had that sort of, um, well, there's a word for it, I can't think of it, but it's like where you just buy something and never play it. It's like very easy to do on something like Steam where you can pick up a lot of PC games for like a quid or a couple of quid. And if these websites and these trackers are taken into account, like when people earn an achievement or when you know they press start on a game and they're not even loading these games, obviously State still getting a sale somewhere, but it's not tracking them.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would think it's reasonable, reasonable to think that the HD collection did around four hundred to five hundred thousand sales overall across the three platforms, right, as of now. Again, I don't have anything accurate to, to, to back this up other than sort of making a reasonable assumption based on the figures that I've got in front of me, essentially.
1: I know we're going to get into budgets in a little bit, Matt, but was there ever a budget announced for essentially a remaster? Like, it can't have cost that much
2: No, there was nothing. Remaster. nothing and they went publicly. for like
1: a, a third-party company with like mm. D3T and, you know, kind of rushed them as well. But then, I, I don't know, maybe the maybe they did put a bit of money into it because obviously they were doing a full-on remake at one point. Maybe, yeah. So.
2: yeah, I don't know. There was nothing ever announced mm. formally, but that Sega were happy with the sales of it and I reckon it must have turned some sort of profit if they were happy with it. So yeah. we, we're obviously we don't know categorically and it's a shame, but we have to go on what's out there. Shenmue 3, now the sales for this, we know probably weren't where everybody wanted them to be. I've got week one totals for Shenmue 3, but anything beyond that is is wild guessing, quite frankly.
1: I've got a point to make on <laughs> sales. I don't think the fucking price that they gave the RRP of the game, at least over a year, I don't know what it was worldwide, but it was like 50 quid on release, wasn't it? It was expensive, um, wasn't it, Shenmue uh, 3? Around, around all the titles that were popular as well, like releasing somewhat in was it Red Dead Redemption 2 territory or something like that Call
2: of Duty territory as well yeah
1: I mean I think sales wise I think you have got to take those things into account definitely I don't know what they were thinking not not so much the release date that's okay because obviously it had been delayed a few times but releasing it at 50 pound I don't know
2: I thought it was too high and i think you you've been quite an advocate james i remember lots of conversations we've had you said you know it should have been more like 35 40 on release
1: i've got the mentality where if something's especially a game like this where it's a niche series and they want people to make a decision to pick it up and play it i think you you I don't know if they, they were thinking, like, we just need to recoup as much money as possible, so sell it at 50. You know, if we get 100,000 sales, that's good or whatever. It's You know, we want those sales to be £50 a time. Mm-hmm. But I'm under the, the mentality, if you sell it a bit cheaper, like, like you just said, 35 quid, and 200,000 people pick it up, you've made more money yeah, yeah. and you know, you've know you got more players there. For future installments, etc. For future installments, yeah. yeah it yeah, just yeah. makes more sense to me.
2: It, it was a weird one, and I, I do think it was probably too high. Week one total sales, and the numbers that we had available, and these were taken off our forums, which include the United Kingdom, Japan, Spain, somewhere else, um, had Shenmue 3 week one total sales at 96,360. It was eighteen thousand sales in Japan week one. It was the highest new entry of games uh, on the games chart at that point. In the UK, we know it sold half of what the re-re- re-releases did upon release on the first week. We also know there were seventy thousand backer copies out there, which are bound sure to have had an impact on on sales because you know not yep. people who've got backer copies may not have bothered picking it up on sale. And that yeah, I can completely understand that. Um, we also had the disastrous reporting around the PS4 trophy tracking and that financial report saying only 50,000 copies had been sold, whereas actually it was it was more than that, and that was corrected yeah. when Embracer did their, it did their financial statement the next day, but obviously people ran off with that, which really wasn't good. But it was called at that point a core niche product. And Steam Spy estimates sales, for, and again, it could be inaccurate, around 30,000 sales on Steam. Uh, Steam DB has it around seventeen to 20,000.
1: Is that a year on?
2: Yes, yeah, a year on. There's no Epic numbers out there, unfortunately, that I could find. Um, but I will make the point, it did break the Epic store for the Christmas giveaway last year, and it was the only title to go ahead and do it.
1: See, the Epic thing is where we kind of need to kind of know what's going on there, because sales figures for that would be nice to know, mm-hmm. obviously. And if... When it is free on Epic, is that included in sales? Like, are people downloading that, does that count as a sale? I, I, does that count as a sale in general when stuff's on PS Plus and stuff? I, I don't understand how that works. I don't
2: know whether how, how
1: those fees work, and somebody
2: you know, who's listening to this or watching this could, could probably um, educate me on that, and I'm happy to listen because I really don't know. But I suppose my point being with this is we don't have accurate figures for Shenmue 3, but I, I can I honestly say it probably didn't sell as well as we expected. But the point I'm making here, right, across four mainline releases for Shenmue, right, so mm-hmm. Shenmue 1, Shenmue 2, uh, Shenmue 3, and the HD releases, I estimate that there's around 2 to 2.4 million sales across those four titles total, which averages at 500,000 to 540,000 per game. Now that would say it is a niche franchise. Let's not beat around the bush here.
1: And you you said Shemu 1 was a million as well wasn't yeah, it? So, so it
2: makes up the bulk of that, which mm. is a little bit worrying in some aspects. And you can see from a from a business point of view that you're not going to necessarily chuck in a shedload of money when you've got average sales around half a million. Um So you can sort of see Mm. why it could have fallen away. Compare that now to Yakuza, right?
1: Well, Matt, can I just ask you? Yeah. Say, if you've got... Let's take Shenmue 3, for example, there. Mm -hmm. um, Come up with a, a figure we think we could say, across the board, maybe 300k, yeah?
2: Yeah, as a broad figure. That
1: sounds reasonable. Obviously, you can't really multiply that by 50 quid a game because it's been on sale. People have picked it up at different stages. But if you were to average it, it may be more like... I don't know, let's go half. £25 a game. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's is that nearly how much profit's that?
2: Wow, well, I don't know if it's profit or not, but that's seven that's seven point five million. Seven
1: point five million revenue if they sold it at an average of twenty five pounds. Yeah. Three hundred K. And obviously Cedric was hoping they'd get one million sales. Sales of yeah. Hmm. So
2: you can see you can see the issue. We do know it made money, Shenmue 3.
1: So the budget then, what do you think the budget was of Shenmue 3?
2: Shenmue 3's budget was 20 million, apparently, all in. There's a, That was in Ezra's interview from 2020, which Phantom Riverstone...
1: Okay, so if uh, they made a profit, it, it must have sold more than 300k then.
2: But I, what I don't know is how much actual money of that was put into development because that's total budget, right? So that could include your marketing, yes, your Kickstarter and everything else. So it probably may profit a little bit because Kickstarter money is essentially free money. Yeah, you know, They didn't have to generate that themselves. So and what was that, 7 million? So you've got 13 million quid or, or dollars sat there from private investment, essentially. So I can see how it turned profit from that regard. But would it have turned profit had it been solely funded privately? I would. Well, buy Sega, not. you think?
1: If like Sega give uses, yeah. I, but then I, I would I, imagine if Sega was behind the project, more people would be willing to buy it. Do you think than like ooh, I think a dodgy Kickstarter exactly. where it's got yeah. like this tarnished by scam and all this sort of stuff.
2: Possibly, I think Sega could have been a good factor in it, and. We know it made certainly the Embracer Group money. They definitely made their money back because they said it was financially fine. And they have the data. They Mm -hmm. have all the data. We have never had any of this data out there at all. The only people who know about the sales, as far as I'm aware, because Cedric didn't know when I interviewed him, were WiseNet and the Embracer Group, Deep Silver. They're the people who know about the sales and know about the profitability of it. I'm making, again, a fair assumption that it made some money because... It did financially fine, but obviously didn't hit the targets that they were hoping for. But when you've got an average of 500,000 put across four titles per title, essentially, to make that two to 2.4 million, you're very tight in budget-wise. Compare that to Yakuza. Had a lot more mainline entries. Took a long time to break the West. But as of 2021, thank you, Yakuza fan, again for this. It had sold 17 million titles right across the whole series okay of across 12 mainline titles that is an average of 1.41 million sales so you are nearly three times more than Shenmue's average
1: and what you're going to say in a minute is the budgets are much smaller aren't they
2: correct so we we know from GDC 2014 that the budget for Shenmue One and most of Shenmue Two was around forty-seven million for the development. I don't know where marketing sits in that because there's also been the seventy million dollar figure knocked about, hasn't there? What
1: was that world record? Does that 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 include marketing and that, everything?
2: It must have done because that was when the Guinness Book of Records at seventy million dollars. I remember seeing it. It was in there for a long time.
1: Yeah, because I know we always say like that figure included like the Saturn version, included Shenmue One, included Shenmue Two. Obviously, they were developed at the same time, weren't they? And mm. all the marketing and stuff, but
2: so take that into consideration for essentially two games, right? Now, the development budget for Yakuza One, and that this is the figure that's around on the internet, so I don't know how accurate this is, is approximately 21 million US dollars. So, you've got essentially half of that. And bearing in mind, Yakuza Two used a lot of the same assets mm-hmm. in, in, in in this second game. I would hedge hedge a bet that it probably was around half to maybe two thirds of that for the second game in terms of development budget. But total sales across two titles is um is near two million, whereas with Shenmue, you've got total sales around one and a half million. And the budget for the UQs one and two was far less, so you've got more sales for less budget to develop the game, and you can see where the business is. If that makes sense,
1: yeah. And that which is depressing. Their model continued with three, four, and every game yeah. up until this point. You know, they've, the only thing they've upgraded is the engines to a certain extent, they, like the areas and the, you know, the they, they try and reuse as much as they can between each title.
2: And it is very sensible, it is very, very sensible. But what I'm sort of looking at with Yakuza here, just looking through some of the other sales here again Yakuza 3, again, I mean, it sold mostly in Japan, just over 600,000, and then across North America and Europe, it did um 400,000 title sales between the two regions. Yeah, but there was a total sale of 1.12 million for Yakuza 3 worldwide, allegedly. Uh, Yakuza 4 similar numbers in japan it was actually a drop-off in north america and europe and a drop-off in total sales it did just under a million yakuza 5 numbers this is where it gets really stuck really sketchy because yakuza 5 got digital release only in europe and north america and i don't know how well it did and it sold six hundred thousand copies roughly in japan so i would argue that that probably broke a million um with with, with digital sales included if i had to have a guess at it And then Yakuza Zero, which is the one that broke it, and the one that really sort of turned this title around in terms of the Western audiences, I haven't got accurate figures for the West because there aren't any.
1: Even today?
2: Even today. But it's known that it's gone well over a million. Well, well over a million. And I would hazard a guess. It's got to be a lot more than that,
1: really, because this is like the the game that everyone picked up really, wasn't it? it?
2: It was the one that broke it. So my main point being here is that when you've got Shenmue selling an average of 500,000 copies with a development budget as high as it was, even with Shenmue 3 included, where it's $20 million, but when you're selling essentially being outside by Yakuza and selling at some estimates 3 to 1, and the budget's very similar for in terms of making the Yakuza game to Shenmue 3, from a business perspective... I know, it pains me to say this as a Shenmue fan, but from a business perspective, why would you put money into Shenmue? That's, that's a, question, a valid question, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking now, obviously when Shenmue 2 was released on the Xbox, if that was some sort of exclusivity, um, obviously we've never seen the likes of things like Jet Set Radio again. Mm. I, I don't know if there was some sort of a deal Microsoft had with those titles where... Um, it's past the point of like them being able to actually do anything with that franchise on other consoles because if they were in this sort of process of creating the Yakuza series and like all this sort of stuff on, on the PS2, for example, and were considering a Shenmue 3, but obviously they've just been forced, that they know that they've got to release this on Xbox and the Shenmue 2 didn't sell very well, so they didn't bother. If they could have like gone multi-platform, Maybe mm. maybe Shamu could have taken off if it was on a PlayStation platform, if it's on like GameCube or whatever else. I don't know. Um, it seemed a bit weird at that those those sort of years, didn't it? Sega was like putting exclusive titles out on PS2, putting exclusive titles out on Xbox, putting exclusive titles out on GameCube. It was like it was weird. There wasn't there wasn't many multi-platform games from Sega, but they were creating for all platforms. It was strange how they were getting tied into these exclusivity deals it was like Sega had just come out of the hardware market and each of these yeah. companies wanted bits of bits and pieces for themselves so it's like oh yeah get the PS2 because it's got Yakuza it's got um Shinobi or whatever yeah get the Xbox because it's got Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Shenmue yeah yeah get the GameCube because we've got you know Super Monkey Ball, Billy Hatcher, Sonic Adventure or whatever you know what I mean it was like they were all getting their own share but not Multi-platform, so I'd I'd be interested if like <laughs> they hadn't gone down that sort of route. Whether they could have like considered putting chemmy on a different console, and then I think would have taken off. I don't know.
2: I do think it would it definitely harmed it not being on the PlayStation Two. I can see why Sega went down the exclusivity route because essentially companies will pay that pay the publisher pay the developers rather more money essentially to secure that exclusivity so from sega's point of view and from business sense it made sense now they release a lot of their games Mm multi-plat so long term that strategy has worked for them because now they can release titles off their own back multi-platform without exclusivity deals and i think it was a symptom of the time that they had to do it the way they did but it definitely harmed shenmue
1: and i guess now that they are doing multi-platform, that is only aiding in these sale figures, isn't it, for the oh, Yakuza absolutely. games? Because they are selling on the Xbox, they are selling on PC, they are selling on PS4, PS5. I don't think they're on the Switch yet, right? <laughs> uh,
2: there have been some Nintendo Yakuza titles, but not on Switch. Okay. So I, I think Yaku- one of the Yakuza titles came out on the Wii or the Wii U, but I'd have to look at that. And actually, you mentioned Jet Set Radio. Future as a comparative on Xbox to Shenmue is another Sega exclusive. Now, I've just pulled a Google up on this, so it's probably highly inaccurate. <laughs> but apparently, total sales worldwide of Jet Set Radio Future on Xbox was around 200,000.
1: And what was Shenmue 2?
2: So, Shenmue 2 on Xbox only was 300,000.
1: So, it actually sold more than Jet Set Radio yeah. Future.
2: According to the figures that I've got, obviously with a margin of error, and if you then put in the Shenmue 2 figures with 1.5 uh, 150K, from, 150k from Japan plus another 150k that's been imported to make around 600,000, it's outsold Jet Set Radio 3 to 1. So
1: I'm it's... thinking now, oh, I wonder if Jetset Radio is a bad example to compare to though, because that is like. Stuck in limbo as well, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. And we obviously we don't know what development costs are around that or anything. But my main, as I say, my main point with with this and Shenmue is actually from a business perspective, with the, with the fact they reuse these assets in Yakuza very, very cleverly so they don't have to do too much work in inverted commas. And I don't want to disparage the guys who make this game because there's a lot of work that goes into these games. But when you've got a lot of your assets pre-rendered, pre-there already, you don't have to recreate them. Or the work, a lot of that's done, and you can just make your game within what you've got. It is going to drive costs down. It's economies of scale. Of course, it's going to. Whereas Shenmue's moved from location to location to location. So you're having to build these locations before you do anything else. Now, Shenmue 3, because this is Unreal, they can steal a lot of the engine Etc., and and make back some of their costs in in that regard. But when you're being outsold essentially 3 to 1, as I say, why would Sega bother throwing a lot of money at Shenmue? I don't think it's right. I think Shenmue, when it's been marketed correctly, with a proper budget behind it, like the anime like Shenmue 1, it showed it can be successful. But we haven't had that enough, and there have been some elements working against it like the dreamcast falling away for example
3: for
2: Coming into critical acclaim in inverted commas, I'm sort of moving away from sales a little bit here, yeah. Because I've I've, I've sort of addressed that quite thoroughly. I hopefully for everybody, we look at the Metacritic's for both both series essentially. So for for the benefit of everybody here, and what I might do, quite frankly, is I might release the word document research I've got if people want to read it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of like the sales figures and stuff. It's like me trying to process. When you're reading out all the countries mm. and the numbers and like trying to f- process them and compare them, I think that might be quite a helpful map.
2: And it helps because I I like a number. I just I do. It's the way I operate. So Shenmue Metacritic. So what I've done here is I've taken the average of the basically the highest rating for each title, then divided that by the number of releases that are out there. Okay. Yep. So Shenmue for the one two. Three, four, five titles that it had um, that I had access to has a series average of 80.75 on Metacritic. So an yeah. eight out of 10, basically.
1: And that includes Shemu 3. True. It includes Shemu which Shenmue everyone 3 says. Uh,
2: with a 69. Yeah, it's supposed to be a, a bad
1: game and no one rates it highly or whatever. Even with Shemu 3, which game. is, yeah, a seven out of 10. It um, doesn't really sting the average too much, does it? Because you've got Shemu 1, You've got here is like a a, nav, a 91 average, which is like really yeah. high. Show me 2, really high, actually 88. Xbox lowers it a little bit to the 80. Um, I suppose people are just saying like the improvements from Dreamcast didn't warrant, warrant yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, bigger score. And then you show me three sixty nine, which is like you say a 7 out of 10. 1 and 2 re-releases again. Obviously weren't remakes. Remakes may have, you know, maybe hit your 90s again if they were great remake remakes but obviously they were just ports and mm. then people judge how well the ports were on the score. So even though Shenmue 1 was 91 back in the day, it's a 76 score for the these two titles, which is kind of funny how they do that, and it? Like they don't judge the games themselves. They judge this particular release, which I guess is the right way of doing it. It's just, it's strange when you're getting two games, like the first mm. one's 91, the second one's 88, and combine the 76 doesn't make sense. But I, I, do, I do get the reason behind that
2: yeah I, I get the rationale behind it and and we know the re-releases were played with issues as well so i could yeah. i can see where that drop-off has come from but it's not something that i would look at and go oh my god that's that Shenmue been shat on it's it's not it's i think it's relatively fair we go to yakuza right now the first four yakuza series in the entries in the yakuza series were hitting around the mid to high 70s so yakuza 1 was 75 2 was 77 Three was 79, uh, four 78.
1: Is that just Western? Scores.
2: That's wherever the reviews have come from that submitted to the Metacritic. So it could be Western reviews, it could be Japanese reviews. Okay. Um, it's just the average, and I know Metacritic attaches weighting to certain bits, but it was the only access I had to all the titles. So mm-hmm. no, Open Critic doesn't doesn't do that weighting system, so the results might be slightly different. But this, as I say, this gives me a comparative to use. Okay. okay. So. That sort of just puts that in context a little bit. That The Yakuza average is hit by the first four titles in some Started regards. Started off
1: slow, kind of. It's still seven out of 10 games.
2: Yeah, very much so. And I enjoyed every single one of them. And uh, the Sega bits, he turned around and said, the best games are 10 out of 10, but your favorite games are the seven out of 10s. Yeah. There we go. I love that quote. <laughs> I love that quote. It's really good. Yeah. And then after Yakuza 5 and onwards, you're in the high 80s into the 90s generally. And you have a series average across the mainline releases of 77.41. So it's a very, very high touching an eight. But it has been hit quite hard by those four titles that were in the mid-70s.
1: Why do you think that was, Matt? Do you think people didn't get on with the game or they were, I don't want to say just bad games because obviously they're not. But
2: I think probably misunderstood, Um, not quite, especially because... With Western reviews and, and and titles as well, I just don't think it quite. The West didn't get it. That's the thing. I don't think it got. We got it. I did because I loved it when it was on the PlayStation, and you picked it up and got into it as well. But I just don't think it quite hit the heights that maybe they were looking for. And as I say, Yakuza Five took a long time to come over here, and it was digital only. It's only had a sort of a physical release in inverted commas with the, um, the Yakuza yeah. collection. That's just an empty PS3 empty case. box,
1: yeah. Yeah, because you didn't, um, didn't trust it enough it to, to do a physical at the time. Yeah, I, I, I do find like a lot of people are a lot more into games these days that are weird, wacky from Japan. They're, they're a lot more popular than they probably were between this Yakuza 1 and 4, that sort of time period where people were setting the ways, at least in the the, the Western environment it's possibly why you know people turned away from Shenmue as well because it was like a, a strange Japan simulator kind of a, a game yeah. which maybe people are more open to these days
2: yeah possibly and it will we'll come on to gameplay in, in a second and sort of how potentially Shenmue can move forward but I'm, I'm just looking again at budgets as well I mean the, the Yakuza 0 had a budget allegedly of 30 million dollars right so it had more of a budget than than Shenmue 3 for example mm-hmm. um
1: is but that of it's, a new engine
2: yeah and I, I think it might be one of the first dragon titles if memory serves me correctly but someone can correct me if i'm wrong by all means i'm happy to hold my hands up to that but when you're then selling well in excess of a million copies probably at full price or not far off of it by the looks of it um your profit profitability is, is through the roof so even though the development cost was a bit more you're still making your money and then if you're using that engine again, you're going to make more money and it pays for itself. And I, know, mm-hmm. what I suppose is a little frustrating for me is that Shenmue, they had designed that engine to be reused. Obviously, it never really was outside the Shenmue game. So would they have recouped some of the Shenmue development costs through other games, through the other engines, etc.? cetera? Po- yeah, possibly. Yeah.
1: Is it f- unfair to like judge Shenmue on the budget when they had plans to use that budget for other things in a sense?
2: Uh, Maybe, but I think Mm. the cold, hard fact of it is that it just didn't, from what we can see from the numbers I've gone through, do well enough From, from a sales perspective. It reviewed quite well. We, and it's actually technically reviewed higher than the Yakuza series overall based on the Metacritics. Yes, I know there's more Yakuza titles out there than Shenmue titles, so if you get a higher title, a higher score for Shenmue, it's going to impact that number a lot more than it would you know, Yakuza, which had more titles, etc. So, But it has generally reviewed higher, but obviously it hasn't had the sales success that they wanted. And then I think you, you just touched on this, James, Is 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 the gameplay. There are some similarities to Shenmue, aren't there? And and Yakuza, both set in Japan with a Japanese protagonist. Or they obviously Rio goes to goes to China. You have open world to explore. There's fighting and there's mini games to a point. But then there's some very big differences. And I would argue that actually Shenmue was what like we know it was well ahead of its time, and it probably took Yakuza till to around Yakuza three or four to catch up to Shenmue in terms of what it was doing in terms of its wider interactivity in the world, like your Mm -hmm. mini games and your side quests and all that sort of stuff. It took a long time for it to catch up to Shenmue in that regard. And I do think Shenmue suffered for it because Shenmue is all about, to the average player at least, it's your world building, it's more than just Ryo's story. Whereas Yakuza, I think, set itself up, had that had that balance certainly that, that is now working where it's got a world that's relatively open but really goes in on the story quite hard and is very action-packed and moves things forward at a different pace. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it.
1: Yeah, well, I think we mentioned it before. Gameplay-wise, you can see the similarities, can't you? Because it's set in Japan. Ryo's running around his small part of Japan, uh, Kiryu's running around here, a small part of Japan. Both cities to a certain extent. It it just falls apart from that very, very quickly. You know, mm. you've got some points here where, you know, Shenmue does have voices for every single NPC. You can go back to NPCs that aren't even like contributing to the story at that point and they've still got different and unique things to say. Whereas your a lot of like text-based. yeah. Um, so obviously that is part of the budget and certain things as well. I think that is probably too... Shemu's sort of detriment that every time they do do a new game, like a 3, or you know, back in the day, 1 and 2, they were ha- having to like create a whole game in a sense. I know they had the engine from 1 and 2 to, to and, and, and they'd already worked on them in tandem anyway, we know that. But what I mean is like each area is a unique area, whereas like mm. a lot of the Yakuza titles are set in the, the same sort of two areas, aren't they? Like, yeah, Camarocho. Um, so they've already got how the city lays out they don't have to do any um of that conceptualizing of how the city's going to look because they've, they've kind of already got plans they just keep rebuilding it slightly differently perhaps like just to to show that time's progressed maybe the towers been rebuilt or whatever it, it got blown up i don't know you know that sort of stuff mm. they do do different things or like if shop changes um like shops do change over over time but they've got the, the basically the groundwork for Yucusa zero, one, two, three, four, five. You know, every single game, they already kind of know their map, don't they? They they, they know how the game's gonna look because it looks the same pretty much every time, apart from obviously the graphics getting better as we've gone through the console platforms, but you know what you're gonna get from a Yakuza game. I know they've changed the engine a couple of times in recent times. I think they, they did really shake it up a bit with this turn based mechanic that they're kind of continuing in some of these new titles that are coming out, out next year, Matt, or at least perhaps Yakuza 8. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're trying to freshen it up a bit to keep the gameplay fresh, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Shenmue kind of didn't have any of those luxuries, did it? It was like, you know, the first game set in Japan, the second game set in China, Hong Kong, rather, Hong Kong for the most part. Um, Shenmue three set in China. And each time Ryo's moving to a brand new area, so they've got to conceptualize how the environment's going to look. Uh, where buildings are going to go. You know, that takes a lot of time planning. I know they've had, like, architectures in. Um, That that guy, I forgot his name, begins with a T. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) who did the... I think you mentioned it the other day, actually. The guy, um, his kitten was... That was the the architecture guy. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. You know what I mean? One of the Did You Know
2: tweets they put out.
1: Yeah, so they've had to have those. I'm sure Yakuza's got those as well, but for the most part, Yakuza feels like... (sighs) I don't want to say it because it sounds like a, a bit of a stab at it, but it is a copy and paste, isn't it, in a certain certain way. They just copy and paste the content, and it just makes each game, like we were saying, you know, the Yakuza 1, Yakuza 2, a year. Yakuza 2 to Yakuza 3 or whatever was like a couple of years because it moved to the PS3, and then Yakuza 4 was a year later. So they can crank out games within a year. Obviously, they've got a big team behind them, but it doesn't take as long to make as a Shamu game does because of how much has to go into a Shamu game. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe they can do that these days with the Unreal Engine if they were to continue where they, they left off, that kind of thing. Maybe they, they could make a Shamu 4 game in sp- space of a couple of years. It might not take four or five years like Shamu 3 did to make because they can reuse assets or get assets off the marketplace or wherever the, the Unreal engine mm. allows you to do so in that sense perhaps Shamu can be easy to make but obviously each time rio is moving to a different country or a different environment a starkly different environment in some of these cases i, I wanted to make the point that i forget where it is i think t- Tibet, was it Tibet, was like one of the areas yeah, on Yu Suzuki's yeah. map. So obviously he's got a lot of plans to take Rio across China, but there's also potentially even other countries that he's got to kind of like I know, it's, create it's, it's worlds huge. in. Yeah, so so because of the scale of what it would take to, to create a Shamu game, and I know people were like, it, it's crazy to think that people could have expected Shamu 3 to encapsulate the remainder of the series as a <laughs> trilogy considering what we know map-wise and where rio has got to go in the story and, you know, we're getting a 4, a 5, a 6, hopefully, to, to kind of, like, allow Rio to spread to these other parts of the country and wherever he, he may end up. But I think maybe Shenmue's a bit too am- ambitious when you compare it to Yakuza. Like, Yakuza, they can come up with a, a fresh story, uh, you know, in the last couple of Yakuza games, a fresh character. Um, I forgot the... the Ichi- Ichiro, is he? Is it- Ichiban. Ichiban, like the new character, you know, they can introduce characters on a whim. Perhaps they haven't plotted out the storyline of Yakuza 9, for example, at this moment. But judging on how Yakuza 8 does, and you said it in the last episode, I think, about where Yakuza's got pretty much a complete story. So you don't have to play the previous games. The previous games introduce you to, to stuff that you know, it happens or yeah. or things that carry over. What what would you call that sort of thing? It's like if you're watching...
2: I mean, Shen- Shenmue is reliant on that continuous story mm-hmm. from one to two to three. And if you haven't played or understood the story from the first two games, I think it can, it can hinder the third game. Yeah. Likewise, if you haven't played one, it can hinder some of the second game potentially. What Yakuza did very well is it was a continuation of of Kiryu's story, certainly from one to six, and obviously with the new titles coming out next year. But it was very good in not harping back to previous events too much to allow new people to come in and start playing it. So that's a good point as well. But as I said at the top of the show, I think the fact that whether this was timing or chance or whatever, the fact that you've got you had the Koami's come out and Zero within a short space of time of each other, then the, the, the remastered collection. You get all of these games come out relatively quickly in, in, in a short time frame of each other. People are hot on, on Zero, which means they're going to be keen to pick up the others, and they can instantly pick up the others from an accessibility point of view on PS4 or Xbox or whatever, and it's there. and But you don't have to have done that. You could jump in and go oh, I've heard Yakuza 6 is really good and play it and not feel like you've missed out. Mm. Whereas Shenmu, I think if you jumped in and playing it 3, there's so much that's happened previous to it. Now, there is obviously the digest move, which does help people, but I think it can be off-putting potentially, and it's how you address that is the big issue.
1: I think that may have been the case for Yakuza as, as well. When it was getting into the Yakuza 5, people were probably a little bit, terrified of picking it up (laughs) thinking like i'm not going to understand anything that's going on story-wise because you know i I find that happens a lot in like other media as well where if movies or whatever get a number attached to them at some point they start like maybe the the producers of the 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 product worry that the number is off-putting so they end up coming with like a transformers evolution you know rather than calling it transformers six yeah you know they they come up with like a tagline to try and like think like oh you know this must be a separate story i'll get into this but like a number might put them off so kind of sega are you you were saying there is they did a really smart thing where they came out with this yakuza zero model and it's kind of like a, a refresh on the series then. People are like, oh, Yakuza Zero, okay, you know, let's give this a go because this is like a starting point. And then you said like because of that, the took the the ball by the horns or whatever, and did a, a Yakuza one, Kuami, two, kawami, uh remaster collection three, four, and five, you know, quickly people are up to date, even yeah. you know, even if the stories weren't essentially a follow-on to a certain extent, you know, very thin follows on. Um, it's just following Kiryu's journey as, as, as he ages. But each each game has its own condensed story, in a sense. So you didn't need to do it that way, but they, they decided to like quickly push out all the titles like that and and get it to the, a point where people are caught up. And then, obviously, Accusa 6 was called 6, I think, but I don't think it was called 6 in... I might be wrong, but I feel like they just called it Song of Life, didn't they, or something like that? Song
2: of Life, yeah.
1: So I think they didn't want to, like again throw a number, um, they kinda of give it a tagline to try and like allow people to 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 pick it up on a whim. Perhaps they might have heard how good the series is, but again, didn't want to go zero to five. This is like, oh, this is a brand new game, song and then like a dragon, seven. It's not specifically saying seven, which is off point. But Shenmue doesn't really have that luxury, does it? Because it is an ongoing story. So people coming into the fourth game are going to be completely lost unless they kind of find out what happened up until that point. Yeah,
2: or, or or they find a way to tell the story. I mean, the anime was a very good point in in Shenmue. Yeah, in, in that it a told one and two very well, and actually is caught. Yeah, you know, in theory, could catch people up to Shenmue three. So that was a very well done thing. I think that's it...
1: possibly why they rushed, rushed the ending to make sure that it was caught up to Shenmue three. Yeah, quite quite possibly.
2: And, and and we all know what happened to the anime, unfortunately. But it's it's a tough ask, and I think we've sort of we've segued into this naturally and i'll pick up my final point around the differences and comparisons to to yakuza shenmu at the end when we sort of close things off yeah because i've got an article from destructoid which again is in my document that i've put together so make sure you read it because it's a really good one but i suppose the big the question is what what can shenmu learn here what does Shenmue need to do differently Without And I don't want Shenmue to lose its spirit. I don't want it to lose its heart, because at the end of the day, we fell in love with Shenmue for what it did from a world-building perspective, from a musical perspective, and from a storytelling perspective. Uh, I know I'm generalising a bit, but it did those things so powerfully, so well, that we we now own a, a, a fan site for it at the end of the day. What can it do to maintain that, but maybe make itself more palatable from a business point of view. One option that I've seen branded around a lot is going episodic. So you, you do like mm-hmm. almost like a chapter per game, like 10-hour game, less development budget. But if you know you, you're averaging about 500,000 sales across, the year, across your series, can you make it palatable that way by dropping the costs down up front? And then making small amounts of profit each time could that work potentially? I don't know where that fits from a story perspective though.
1: I suppose they'd have to section off each area, wouldn't they? So it would be like Shenmu Three Bailu Village, Shenmu mm. Three Niawu. You know, as as you sort of like episodic half a game each, and then Shenmu Four would be like Baisha Episode One, Baisha Episode Two. I forgot where they are heading, Where they had in Great Wall. <laughs> Yeah, Cliff Temple or something. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever that area is. And then, you know, chapter three, Liuang or whatever, <laughs> if, maybe.
2: Because what you what, what what I think you do have with Shenmu, and I don't mean this to sound disparaging to the Yakuza community that I have nothing really to do with and don't really know. So apologies if it comes off a bit arrogant, is that we are a very, very dedicated fan base who are very solid and will likely buy anything Shenmue game-wise that comes out.
1: Yeah, and a good point there, Matt. If you were to do episodic-based, I mean, I don't like the idea personally myself for different reasons. I'd rather have a complete game if if we could. Yeah. But it could work episodically in a sense because if you're thinking of splitting each area into an episode, because we're Shenmue fans, if they were basing it solely off Shenmue fans and how, you know, Shenmue-hungry we are, they know full well that even if they split their game into three, we're going to buy all three. You know, We're not not going to buy all three. So if they charged it at a certain thing, so obviously they're not going to release, I I don't think, um, maybe they would. Would they release a Shenmue 4 and charge 50 quid again? I don't know. Or if they learnt from that mistake, or mm-hmm. is that just the kind of market we're in these days where a PS5 Possibly, game yeah. is 50 quid anyway? So <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know what I mean? But if they were to do, say, £25 an episode, or they could essentially get Seventy-five pound for a full title, but by cutting into into chunks, we are going to buy each part. We're not not going to buy each part, and then an extra point on top of that is because those episodes would probably be digital. Because I don't know if they would release three discs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. A little keep, episode. Keep your costs down. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a little episode. It's not like we're saying like a two-hour experience because obviously, Bailu Village potentially eight to ten hours first time.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah
1: niowoo same double mm-hmm. you know yeah. it was about a 20 20 hour game when i played it the first time yeah so if they could do a 10 hour episode you, you're getting a good 30 hour game and then you've bought it digitally because they've released them maybe six months apart so you're not going to wait a year and a half two years i mean some people might but then as, as long as they don't say that they're going to do this as well that's going to incentivize you to buy them separately because you don't think this is gonna gonna happen, or you know, you, you don't want to risk it not happening. But then at the end of it, they could say, Well, let's chuck all three episodes now that they're available, and that is Shemu4. Here is Shamu4, they can retail it again separately, and they can do a physical release, a collector's edition, limited run games would be like, Okay, we've yeah, had all three yeah. episodes, all the DLC, everything on one disc. This is the complete Semu4 package. you didn't like the episodic base those people that didn't like that and didn't buy into that now you can get the game complete as well so that could be a way of making shenmue successful in terms of like risking a 20 to 30 million budget for one game they can do 10 million budget for each episode and work on the next episode while they're still gaining sales of the first episode so there's monetization aspect going on whilst they're working they don't have to wait for a full product and then market that and hope that it sells they can base sales and stuff off of each episode and recoup some of the money as they're working on the next part
2: <laughs> well yeah you're right I mean we know Shenmue 3 had a budget of around 20 million dollars now if you just split that down the middle because Niao Wu and Bailu are the main two areas aren't they in that so you'd assume 10 million. Let's even go a bit higher. Go 12 and a half million um, for, for a development of an episode. 10-hour game, right? Stray, which is I've got, and I bought, I paid 30 quid for that, is a 10-hour game, okay? Yep. So what's, what's 12 and a half million times three? Because my maths is awful. 12 and a
1: half million times three. It's getting on for 40, isn't it, nearly?
2: So total okay. for say three episodes for Shenmue Four as a, as an example, yeah. right? You sell those episodes at thirty quid, same price as Stray. Ten hour game, that's the sort of ballpark you'd be going for, right?
1: And we would buy them. The yeah. Shenmue fans would buy them, yeah.
2: So that's what thirty so it's thirty pound an episode, ninety pound all in, yeah. So you then times so, so ninety pound so for actually three episodes, times by the, the series average of five hundred thousand that I pulled up earlier. That's $45 million. So you've made so it money. it can
1: generate a really significant profit there. It can
2: generate an income. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm oversimplifying this in that yeah. they the, the this would be on a digital storefront. I don't know what you know, shares would be in terms of who gets what. I also don't know what the costs are of, of, of shipping it out digitally, et cetera, et cetera. This is a very rudimentary guess mm. and, and, and idea here. But the principle being that actually if they could make a episodic version, and I like you, Jane, I'm not a fan of it because you do run the risk of never finishing it because it's going to take you ages to get there. But if it's profitable then and, and moves the story on in such a good way and gets good reviews and they keep just doing that for the community and the fans and it can generate profit like that, I mean, if you then take off... 37 million of that they've made seven and a half million dollars profit which is bad is it it's not no. it's not going to blow people's minds away but if it's making money then i don't see the problem with it
1: and that's just up until that point as well like i say they could then Incorporate all three into a, a physical product and resell it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, you, you generate, because then you get your hardcore collectors do that. We'd buy it again, you know, we would. And then yeah. they start doing merchandise and things around it as well. And you can make that more profitable. So it, it, Shenmue can be profitable. I know it's very simple the way we've talked about this episodic format, but it can do it. And other games do do it. And these 10 hour games, indie games that are quite popular and do quite well. They they obviously turn money. So why can't Shenmue do it if the if the episodes are good, it moves on the story, the gameplay is good, and it retains that Shenmue spirit, but without going too far off the cliff.
1: And it kind of allows the dev development team to like invest everything into that one particular episode. Yeah. So where Shenmue three faltered to a certain degree is like they ran out of time, they ran out of budget, and they had plans to do that third area. They didn't even do that third area. So in this sense if Shemu 3 had been broken down into three separate chapters, do you think we may have seen Baisha because they would have sold the Bailu part, they would have sold the Niawu part, they could have been working a little bit more on Niawu whilst Bailu was being played, being sold, maybe Niawu could have felt more complete, and then they could have worked on, and by now, 2022, we'd Possibly could have had buy shit as well.
2: Yeah, quite possibly. And if you're being really cheeky, you can doubt you could even put in some little bits of DLC here and there and make a little bit of money, like the battle rally stuff, for example. Yeah, that yeah. that was quite a good little bit of DLC. Probably didn't cost them very much to make, and that could generate a little bit of income that way as well. So we'll just
1: chuck in a couple of three Bs as well, just yeah. to like you know make people think like, oh, okay, that's cool. They're giving us that for free because I bought. You know, maybe if you buy episode one and two get ten jackets or something for Rio, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Just, yeah, 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 it's it's these these are good little ideas, like business model ideas that whilst we want a full Shemu 4 game, it's the best outcome. If they can't do that and, you know, there's no other options, it's not a bad doesn't sound too bad of an idea to me. No. Yeah. Obviously, the other idea is taking the Yakuza model that we've spoken about yeah. and going all the way back and you know, doing a Shenmue Zero Yeah, because yeah. obviously Yakuza was successful by doing that, by resetting the, the series, going back from Yakuza 5 all the way to Zero and doing a prequel and then taking the initiative and while the iron was hot, striking with a Kiwami 1, Kawami 2, Remastered Collection 3, 4, 5 or whatever to get people up to date and then release six or whatever they did, or you know seven. Now they've got that new core cool fan base, and obviously Shemu doesn't have an, a new core cool fan base. It's got this old school fan base from the Dreamcast, plus drips and drabs of like new people. Yeah. Whereas perhaps, obviously, the episodic thing could work, but perhaps the other alternative for the team or whatever, if if they're not working on Shemu Four, <laughs> could be you know go all the way back, do a Shemu Zero. I think that would be. An episode in itself, Matt, but obviously it would follow, I don't know, a WoW story or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And then introduce new people to the Shamu series, the gameplay elements, and try and get that new core cool fan base. And then maybe Save might turn around and say, oh shit, you know, maybe like Yakuza 0 did for us, we should now try and propel and create this full-on remake of 1 and 2. And 3 probably doesn't need doing It's that That is like your 3 remastered Yakuza or whatever. It, it's, yeah. it's the game that would just bridge the gap to them four or five or wherever they want to take the series.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's and it could work. I mean, I have my concerns around what a, a story in Shenmue Zero would look like because is it going to ruin stuff for Shenmue 4 possibly? And they'd have to be very clever about how they wrote it and put it together. But I do think it's a viable option. It's then, I guess, do they... Whether they make it episodic or whether they make it a zero and, and do remakes, etc. What do they borrow from the Yakuza series to to maybe make it more efficient to make? Do they go text based dialogue for the NPCs as an example? I hope
1: I personally hope not. <laughs> I hope not,
2: but you could see where they could go with yep. it. Do they try and make it a bit faster paced for a Shenmue game in terms of? more fighting so you get people mm. involved i don't want these flipping random events all the time because they annoy me in as one of my bugs yeah, every two minutes you're having to fight somebody even if i'm wanting to run from one area it's annoying
1: do you think it feels like they, they force that in a so little that it's bit. like constantly combat yeah a little between bit. story points yeah a
2: little bit and it's a bit annoying after a while and whether they sort of borrow some elements of the accuser style in terms of finding like locations and side quests although Mm. i'd love a modern mode in a shenmue game which is something like the accuser model of how you find things and and hold your hand a little bit more and a shenmue mode so us old old bastards who don't like waypoints or anything like that can just explore our leisure and not worry about it i'd love something like that yeah, um,
1: they were kind of stuck in the middle, weren't they, with the Shenmue 3? They were mm-hmm. trying to cater to the old-school fan base but trying like add a few modernization things in and they kind of fell flat, like, stamina system and not, not necessarily waypoints, but, like, quest markers and names above people's heads and stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that wasn't um, something that I wanted, but I could appreciate that people in 2022 or, well, 2019... Would like some sort of ease of use modernization. You know, I know Yuzuzugi stated that for Shenmue 4, he wants to add a proper waypoint, or so whatever he wants to do, which, you know, we don't want to hear that sort of stuff, but he has to think about this stuff, doesn't he, for like getting people into a Shenmue game.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's how they go about getting people into it. And and there's a lot of challenges for Shenmue, but I'd like to think that it, it can find its way somehow, some way. That it can find its way, and we get the end of the story, and they, and it's ultimately profitable. So everybody walks away happy from it.
1: I'm going to put you on the spot, Matt. Yeah. If you had to take an option now, would you want the episodic Shamu Four or a Shamu Zero?
2: Oh bloody hell! <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the only the only way you're going to get a new shemu game. It has to be either a prequel. Or a broken up Shemu Four.
2: Um, I'd want a broken up Shemu Four for the sole reason that I want to know what happens next. Yeah. Um, I think you attach too much risk to a Shemu Zero, while it could be a very good story, that it doesn't drive anything forward. Personally, mm-hmm. but I would, I take either. But if you are putting me on the spot, then that's what I'd go for. Shenmue 4 okay. broken up. What about you? Uh,
1: I think I would go for the Shenmue 4 broken up because the more we've spoken about that episodic thing, I quite like the idea now thinking about it. Like if they could do, that's a way of getting Baishu again. You know how many different points on the map that yusuzuki has got planned. If the way that we can see every single one of those points, it's it feels more likely if he can split them into chunks. If you're getting a Shenmue 4, I feel like he's going to try and condense it strip away like a couple of areas you know how he's already done in the past with the chapters but if he's doing it episodically you might think like okay the Baisha one sold quite well let's move into Liu Wang now let's move into wherever Rio was meant to go next and perhaps they could end up then covering each and then each time a new episode's released in the Shenmue series it's like oh it's a fresh new world it's not like a, a rehash it's not you know it's completely new environments Which is uh, part of the reason why we already love the Shamu games, but I I could see it happening in that sense more likely by being episodic than like them saying like, "Oh, this is the fourth game; it needs to sell well." You know, these three areas and this guy's—I hope you know—and if it doesn't sell well, then they're kind of like stuck again, aren't they? um, It's—I know we've talked about that to it quite a lot of it, a degree but yeah I, I, I think at the moment if those were my two options I probably would pick the the episodic game but obviously a complete Shemu 4 is better than something split up into bloody three four separate chunks that then makes the full game obviously I, I would prefer a Shemu 4 um but I put you on the spot so that would...
2: yeah <laughs> no that's that's fair enough I, I, I do think it can it, there's a lot it can learn from Yakuza in terms of making things cheaper maybe and and thinking about maybe an episodic format or a zero format but what i don't want shemmy to do is lose its lose its heart because that's the biggest thing here and people comparing the two and i'm going back to this old comparison again here but i think it'll bring us in quite nicely to hopefully the close of the show is you're doing both games? I think an injustice in my mind. They are very, very different. They present themselves very differently, and they get catered to different audiences as well. I mean, I'm going to mention this Destructoid art- article to finish finish off my point here. And it says here, and I, I'll put this up on in the it'd be in the YouTube description, and it's in my document. And it says here, the emphasis that Shenmue puts on fleshing out its setting of Yokosuka Japan is not present in Yakuza's fictionalized version of Tokyo. There's a layer of authenticity to how Yakuza Studios will create a Kamarucho, model it closely after Tokyo's own Kabucho uh, district, but you would never have the same level of interactions present in Shenmue. Nagoshi's team certainly want to create an environment you felt connected to, but wisely stepped away from detaining too much of it and focused more on fleshing out the other aspects of the game. I would argue a little bit against that with Shenmue 1 and 2. There's more to do in them than Yakuza 1 and 2, but I think as mm-hmm. Yakuza's grown, I, I can see where they're going with it. But this is the key point, people. What you prefer is entirely subjective because each game feels nothing alike. He says, I guess removing layers and um, layers of nuance will reveal the central idea of a martial arts action, but the execution is key. Both games couldn't feel less alike if Sega tried. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is from a mainline article, right, from Destructoid. People are comparing the two games to say Yakuza is just about a better Shenmue and a mainline gaming site has actually been quite constructive here and going. Oh, actually, they're very, very, very different. And mm. that's the point here as well, that they are both, and I hope that we've done this justice in a balanced perspective, that they are both excellent series in their own right. Yes, Yakuza, I think, has flown, and Shen, Shenmue hasn't for a number of reasons, and I think we've covered them quite nicely. But they have equal place in gaming. And they can certainly be as successful as each other. Maybe Shenmue just needs that one moment that Yakuza got with Zero, that one game, that one episode to propel it into the stratosphere that will will make Shenmue be successful. And I mm-hmm. hope it happens. I really do. I really, really do.
1: Good points there, Matt. And I, I would encourage everyone to read that destructive article, actually, because it does a great job of comparing both franchises and ultimately, like you say, they can both stand on their own two feet. Matt, a couple of questions for you just before we, we wrap up yeah. this discussion. I, I did make a couple of notes here. I just wanted to to see what you're going to say to these things, but can Shenmue compete with the Yakuza or does it need to actually...
2: Does it need to compete with the accuser? No. No, it no. doesn't. It's completely its own entity. Um, yes, they have some similarities, absolutely, but... Uh, it's cool. They're two very different gangs, and I think I've likened them to cousins. They should—they're not in competition,
1: mm-hmm. okay. But should Dan Sega do more for Shenmue then? Yes,
2: absolutely. Okay. It should. Yeah. They should do more for Shenmue. I understand it from a business perspective. I've—I've I've talked at length about that, but I really do think they should show Shenmue some more respect than they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we did mention this on the stream. I think it was the other day, weren't we? Were they could have done stuff to help use Suzuki with Shemu 3. I know Sega are tied to that title. They'd be tied to Shemu 4 if there was to be one, Shemu 0 if there was to be one. I know they struggled, WiseNet struggled to get proper motion capture, which is why we didn't get throws. Yeah, throws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mentioned that they actually rented that equipment. Yeah. So obviously throwing it could have damaged it, so they didn't want to do that because they couldn't afford the costs involved with that. So... In that sense, Sega could have probably said, "Why don't you come and use our motion caps?" That so, Sega, I've just got this million-dollar state-of-the-art, state state-of-the-art. Yeah, so stuff like that could help the the Shenmue series if, if Sega allow themselves to be a bit more open towards it. We are in a different environment now than where Shenmue first was. You know, losing money for them back in the day, but obviously at those times, everything was losing money for Sega. It wasn't just Shenmue. The Dreamcast, obviously, they moved on, um, so all that sort of stuff damaged. Sega as a whole, it wasn't solely Shemu's fault. So to have this kind of like.
2: It's not to be sort of disrespectful to it, is it? It's... Yeah, it's
1: like maybe they can turn things around and maybe be a bit more open to working with Yu Suzuki on a future Shemu title or whatever WiseNet or Yu Suzuki has in the future. I mean, Yu Suzuki was like the, the Sega godfather back in the day, wasn't he, with all the yeah, arcade mm, titles? Absolutely. He made them a lot of money, he made them the company that they kind of are. Or were to a certain extent back in those days and perhaps without Yu Suzuki, maybe Sega wouldn't have even been a success up till now and still being able to create the Yakuza games. Uh, I don't want to say Yu Suzuki was like because <laughs> obviously Yuji Naka with Sonic and all that sort of stuff helped Sega but perhaps a lot of what Yu Suzuki did also helped the company get the success that it has and still maintains to this day to be able to even produce a Yakuza game so I do feel like they kind of owe you Suzuki a little bit. I don't think they ever did have a falling out or anything. So
2: No, not that I'm aware of.
1: I would like to see that if there is to be another Shenmue title at some point. But yeah, I think we've done a decent job there of comparing both of the franchises Uh, in this three-part series. We've taken it all the way from Shenmue's Inception and obviously in this episode Yakuza's Inception and compared them. Um, so Matt will release that document with all the, the figures, the sales figures, the, the Metacritic data and all that sort of stuff to actually, so you can digest it a lot easier than perhaps listening to it and trying to work your head around that. Very interesting. Hopefully yeah, that's been a very interesting episode for everyone as well as it has been for us <laughs> in researching. And thanks again to Yakuza fan. For everything they did to help us with uh, a lot of the Yakuza side of things numbers wise yeah. sales wise it was uh Super i don't think we would have, have done it without that uh matt before we close i just want to give you a quick quiz this is gonna be a really quick quiz but i think it might just <laughs> allow people to adjust after all that influx of information go on then so i've devised a little game yeah characters from Shenmue and yakuza if i say someone's character name i want you to say whether it's from Shenmue. Or they're a character from Yakuza.
2: Okay, okay. Do you want I have a go? Yeah, go on. Why the hell not?
1: Okay, Matt. First up, then see if you can guess if this is a Shemu character or a Yakuza character. It's going to be brutal, by the way. I don't think I would get any of these. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> see how you get on. Shikai Jin.
2: That's Yakuza.
1: <sighs> Shemu character. Is it? But... <laughs> when Jin die.
2: Wenjin Dai?
1: Yeah. It's
2: got to be Yakuza. Sounds really Yakuza-y.
1: Yeah, Shenmue as well. Bloody <laughs> hell.
2: Not doing very well here.
1: Akita Soji.
2: Akita Soji. Yeah. Third time's the charm, Yakuza.
1: Yeah, you've got, you've got one there. One point, Yakuza.
2: Right.
1: Guston Heimer.
2: Guston Heimer. Thinking through the Shenmue games, I'm going Yakuza.
1: <laughs> Shenmue. Fucking hell!
2: <laughs> sound really German.
1: <laughs> yeah, not stunt it. Harada Sanosuke.
2: Harada Sanosuke. Yeah. Mm, uh, Shenmue. <laughs>
1: That one's Yakuza.
2: Oh, this is tough.
1: <laughs> this is cool. I like this. I'm glad I did this. Now. Psycho, Mukoda. Can
2: you say that again.
1: Psycho, Mukoda. Mukoda. Yeah. Psycho, Mukoda. Shenmue. Yakuza. <laughs> so you've only got one so far out of. Ten. Seven. <laughs> Satoshi Nagata.
2: That's Shenmue, surely. Yes,
1: that is Shenmue. Wait,
2: what? Do yes.
1: Shinji Tanaka.
2: Shinji Shinji Tanaka. Tanaka. Tanaka Yakuza.
1: Yeah. Yes, Yakuza. And last one. Takashi Takashiro. Takashi Takashiro.
2: Takashi Takashiro.
1: Takashi Takashiro. Yakuza. That's Shenmue. It's actually the tattoo guy. That one.
2: god that's fucking evil
1: that was bad that was matt (laughs) so out of 10 you got three you got two of the accuser names and only one shabu one fake fan
2: (laughs) i better resign in the morning
1: Good stuff, man. I thought I might might be a little bit of fun there to end the show. I don't that's think... I, I, honestly, if anyone got all of them right, fucking I'll play. give yourselves a round of applause because I picked out the most evil ones there. Actually, I didn't want to go for any, any common names. But yeah, so that's it, Matt. I think we've come to the end of our three-part series there. We're going to be doing a Christmas show next. Oh, yes. Which you can expect around the middle of December. Well, we'll probably be recording it then and releasing it the week of Christmas hopefully, like the from the anywhere from the twentieth of December, I'd say, is when we'll be releasing that Christmas show. It's gonna be good because we're gonna be talking about Shemu online. We're gonna have some fun, laughs, music, and a big discussion all about Shemu Online. So we're gonna be doing or going to try and do a lot of research on Shemu Online, perhaps react to some of the original trailers might be quite fun to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. So we're keeping out for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed what we've been doing over this particular season. Obviously, we've done... A lot of the episodes were based on the anime when we were going through those, reacting to them, and uh, giving our discussion points and feedback. Also, if you remember some fucking... Awful Jim's Poetry Corner songs mm. and stuff through those episodes. So this season's been quite a big one compared to the original. Yeah, Christ. We've done a lot more, more shows, but hopefully guys have been enjoying the content and we will continue into our third season, which we're going to start start of next year. So, yeah, just the Christmas show to go. And we've already come to the bloody end of the year, Matt.
2: It's gone quick. Jesus, it's gone it's quick. Gone mad, scary, it? scary. It is
1: scary. It is, it is really, really scary. When did the anime come out? February. February. Jesus.
2: We did 13, 13 <sighs> streams straight and 13 episode podcasts straight with that. So we Ridiculous. put out basically <laughs> I don't know how many hours worth of content in that time. Christ.
1: Yeah. I'd like to say we do a rest, but we don't rest, do we? We never rest. <laughs> uh, we
2: get like a week <laughs> off at Christmas.
1: That's true. Yeah. All right, then, Matt. Good stuff. So yeah thanks everyone again for tuning in make sure you subscribe check out us on social medias subscribe to us on youtube give us a follow we're actually close to ten thousand followers on twitter so if you haven't followed us on twitter yet please make sure you do if we could reach that number by the end of the year that would be insane i don't think we will but i'm just saying if we did that would be insane so please follow us if you don't and uh, yeah thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next show
2: see you later guys take care
0: the time.